previously on All Things Unexplained. So some of that, I think, sir, we'll save for closed session. Since the early 2000s, uh, we have seen an increasing number of unauthorized and or unidentified aircraft or objects in military-controlled training areas uh, and training ranges and other designated airspace. Any given observation may be fleeting or longer. It may be recorded or not. It may be observable by one or multiple assets. In short, there's rarely an easy answer. For example, let me share with you the first video that we have here today, which shows an observation in real time. In this video, U.S. Navy personnel recorded what appears to be triangles, some flashing, recorded several years ago off the coast of the United States. What can you say to give the American people confidence that you aren't just focusing our attention on low-hanging fruit with easy explanations? It's fair to say that you are a science fiction fan, is that correct? We've been looking at the space domain, things in the air domain, but also in the ground domain. And of course, we're very interested in what happens in the, um, in the underwater or sea domain, if you will, subsurface domain. So some of that, I think, sir, we'll save for closed session. Uh, allies have, uh, have seen these. We share data with some, and some share data with us. Unexplained. Hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody's looking for somebody. Yeah, this guy, Representative Gallagher, I think was the only one of the entire hearing that was just like, screw it, I'm going to ask these questions, I'm never going to be invited back, but I'm going to do it anyway, because this is my one and only opportunity. And he starts off asking about Project Blue Book and potential other projects. Specifically, uh, ATIP. Could you describe any other initiatives that the DOD or DOD contractors have managed after Project Blue Book ended and prior to ATIP? I was like, began? Project Did Blue Book. Did anything also predate Project Blue Book? So I, I, I can't speak to what may have predated uh, Project Blue Book. I mean, of course, there's Roswell and all these other things that people have talked about over the years. Roswell, really? Um, what I'm about it? Blue Book. <laughs> I'm familiar with, uh, with ATIP. Uh, I haven't seen other documented. Uh, studies that have been done by DOD. Love how he doesn't He's know about anything between or before. So are we. Familiar. Familiar. Yeah. I'm familiar with that. Yeah. And you know what? How? 
how can you drop a Roswell reference at a UFO hearing and just leave it dangling <laughs> like that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. nobody followed he, up on Roswell. Either he knows a lot more than he's saying, or this classification for security is not what he wants it to be. But I'm thinking he knows more than what he's saying. Oh, I, so. I think so too. <laughs> I think so too. Well, Representative Gallagher was not happy to get the uh, the runaround on the answer there, so he dug nope. in a little bit more with his next question. This actually goes into Dane Bate territory here. It's also been reported uh, that there have been UAP observed uh, and interacting with and flying over sensitive military facilities, particularly and not just ranges, but uh, some facilities housing our strategic nuclear forces. Uh, one such incident allegedly occurred uh, uh, at Malmstrom Air Force Base, in which 10 of our nuclear ICBMs were rendered inoperable. At the same time, a glowing red orb was observed overhead. I'm not commenting on the accuracy of this. I'm simply asking you whether you're aware of it and whether you have any comment on the accuracy of that report. Let me pass that to Mr. Bray. You've been looking at UAPs over the last three years. Uh, that data is not uh, within the holdings of the UAP task force. Okay, but are you aware of the, the report or that the data exists somewhere? Never heard of it. Uh, I, have, uh, I have heard stories. I have not oh, seen did. official data on that. So you've just seen informal stories, no official assessment that you've done or exists within DOD that you're aware of uh, regarding the Malmstrom incident? Uh, all I can speak to is you know, what's within my cognizance, the UAP task force, and we have not looked at that incident. Well, I would say, I mean, it's a pretty high profile incident. Uh, I, I don't claim to be an expert <laughs> on this, but that's out there in the ether. You're, you're the guys investigating it. I mean, if, who else is doing it? If something was officially brought to our attention, we would look at it. Uh, there are many things that are it's out there be that aren't officially brought to our attention. So how would it have to be officially brought to your Excuse attention? I'm bringing it to your attention. Sure, so, this is pretty official. Sure. So <laughs> we'll go back and take a look at it. But generally, there is some um, authoritative figure that says there is an incident that occurred. We'd like you to look at this. Uh, but in terms of just tracking what may be in the media that says that something occurred at this time, at this place, uh, there are probably a lot of leads that we would have to follow up on. I don't think we have resources to do that right now. Well, I don't claim to be an authoritative figure, but for what it's worth, I would like you to look in, into it. And sure. If for another reason, you could dismiss it and say this is not worth wasting resources on. We'll do um, it. I'm like, I just love them. <laughs> so much to unpack there. So much to unpack. First of all, this Mouse, Malmstrom Air Force Base UFO incident, which, by the way, is near our friend Dane Beck's plot of land in Montana. Yes, sir. Yeah, I've been around that Air Force Base a thousand times, wow. probably. I think Great Falls is the third largest city, city more like a town, um, in Montana, and it's because of Malmstrom. And Montana is the biggest guy state. And it's called that cliche, but when you go there, and you look into the heavens at night. I mean, there's a lot of activity. But even more fascinating outside of Malmstrom is all over Montana, there's these unmanned missile silos in remote, remote areas. Um, you can stumble onto them accidentally, you know, going down a logging road and deep into the trees, you see these big razor wire fences and property of Air Force signs. And it's kind of creepy. Kind of gives you an ethereal feeling. That is creepy. And you know, when he brought up Malmstrom, I think I spoke to CJ off air about this. You thought, okay, this was a recent 
incident, right? But this this Malmstrom UFO incident happened in March 1967. Was it really that far back? Yeah, and another thing, if they don't have the resources, they don't have the resources to look into something, who in the world would have the resources? I mean, I would think they have all the resources they need. Nope. Apparently they're on a tight budget. Yeah, I'm sure they are. So apparently at Malmstrom in 1967, 10 intercontinental ballistic missiles, 10 nuclear ICBMs simultaneously went offline. Meanwhile, there was a glowing red orb or object UFO spotted above the ICBMs, above the nuclear weapons. I agree, this seems like it would be a concerning incident for somebody to investigate. All ten of them, simultaneously. Well, and to have that, to have the technology to do that back in 1967 is pretty wild. It really is, and it makes me think of a couple of things here. Number one, if you recall, our first guest on All Things Unexplained, the incredible Mr. Billy, who was involved in one of the most famous UFO sightings of all time, He recounted a story from Mississippi in the 70s, I believe it was, of a UFO at a nuclear base and basically shutting the base down, you know, shutting the things down. And Mr. Billy relayed that to us. So I thought similar time frame, you know, eerily similar stories. It also made me think about, and I'm sorry I lost my train of thought on that, (laughs) that's what happens when you get old man yeah i know did it make you think about the cold war (laughs) well that actually that was it was the cold war smitty and i smitty it was our show so it also made me think about you know we i postulated are we about to see you know these nuclear tensions are rising with russia could we see the revelation, the revealing of advanced U.S. technology that can shut down other countries' nuclear capabilities if it came to that preventing World War III, preventing simultaneous atomic destruction? Let's hope so. I mean... <laughs> I would hope so. I would, I would think that would be a good time to pull it out and use it. So. <laughs> Now's the time. Yeah. And not only us in Russia... Indian Pakistan is mm-hmm. hot and heavy. Mm-hmm. Afghanistan now with possible uh, nuclear activity. North Korea. Well, I thought that was part of the uh, the Robert Sala talking about Mount Air Force Base, and then bring it today's date and um, just talk about all the nuclear tension rising and just the catastrophe it can cause. I don't know the whole. Nuclear activity is pretty alarming. So I hope we have the technology to shut it down. Oh, yeah. Listener, George Winters, Alabama. George says, and by the way, I'm sad to hear, I'm sad to report, somebody has vandalized Alabama George's water bottle with some old Miss duct tape. I was sorry to hear about that, George. <laughs> but he says, sounds like the Chernobyl incident. You know what? I do. I do believe there's a lot of mystery and unknown things that are, you know, have never been revealed about Chernobyl. 
Yeah, we might have to unpack that on another show. Little trip, maybe. Yeah, let's just go to Chernobyl. Oh goodness! <laughs> I mean, you can. I hear we can go fishing in that pond. I hear it's a great time to be there. I'm kidding. Let's don't go anywhere near there. <laughs> so he quickly followed up the Montana question with, I believe, another yes. hot topic. Right, a memo CJ? about a memo. Admiral Wilson memo. And then finally, are, are you aware of a document that appeared around uh, 2019, uh, sometimes called the Admiral Wilson memo or EW Notes memo? They got befuddled at this. Not, you know, no. I'm not personally aware of that. Okay. Uh, this is a document in which, again, I'm not commenting on the veracity. Uh, I was hoping you would help me with that, in which a former uh, head of DIA claims mm -hmm. to have had a conversation with the Dr. Eric Wilson uh, and claims to have uh, sort of been made aware of certain um, contractors or, or DOD programs um, that he tried to get uh, fuller access to and was denied uh, access to. Um, so you're not aware of, uh, of that? I'm not aware, Congressman. Uh, in my 10 seconds remaining, then I... <sighs> I wish he had more than 10 seconds. Yeah, more... I mean, yeah, I feel like the most interesting guys with the best questions should get more than five minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do that on purpose. Right. But this Admiral Wilson memo... Dane, do you know any more about that? I, it's hard to find stuff on that. No. I listened to a little bit of uh, Robert Sala talking about the incident in 1967. seems like they hit dead end so quickly. And when somebody does have a really fascinating question, they, they give a quick general answer and move on to the next one. Yep, that's true. Kind of like your answer right there, Dane Beck. <laughs> 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 Time to move on to the next one. Have it, Our near misses. Did you get any research on that one, Tim? All, all I could gather was there it was a memo at some point from Admiral Wilson and involved UFOs and involved seeking further information that even, you know, you think about this, that even an admiral is locked out from. And it all goes back, you know, I'm, I've talked about this book that I'm, I'm reading and using kind of as a reference point just because it keeps proving true called day after Roswell written by former former army colonel and, and everything he lays out in there just matches up to what we see and what we hear about. And it totally makes sense because he relayed how the military branches totally compartmentalized this. Everybody was on a strict need to know basis. And basically, yeah, you had admirals, you had presidents all, all on the way. That, that could not get to the information. He actually made a very good illustration about this. He compared it to, imagine, all right, you build a house in the woods, a cabin out to itself, right, top secret place. And in this house, in this cabin in the woods, you, you put this vault of secret information in there, right? And somebody discovers it, and so you move it to a new house, new secret location, right? And in order to find the new one, somebody has to first find the original one and then find the second one. And then you tear that one down because they finally find it and you, get, you build a third one and you build a fourth one and you build a fifth one until eventually the chain of information that you have to pour through, the data that you have to pour through, the paperwork, the layers of bureaucracy in order to find where the real secret information is actually hidden at is insurmountable. 
And I think that's what our Admiral Wilson was facing with this memo. Hey, how can I get to the truth? And it's elaborate. Oh, kind of like unpacking what you just delivered there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly understood it. That was well said, Tim. <laughs> I understood it. But yes. What is that? Try an experiment. <laughs> we will, yeah. Well, that takes us to near misses. They talked about some near misses in this hearing, which got me a little bit worked up. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and thank you to both of you for- Yeah, this was actually interesting, very service. interesting. First question is, uh, there have been no collisions between any U.S. assets and one of these UAPs, correct? We have not had a collision. We've had at least 11 near misses, though. I thought, wow, yeah. when he said that. And I, we know that, that, that that's not even accurate because we have interviewed somebody on this show Cheryl Murphy, who back in January of last year, is that right? Was it that long ago? Yes. Was on a commercial flight and had what we all believe a hypersonic missile or some type of missile out her window. We did a whole podcast on this. We showed pictures. We put pictures on our Facebook page. And you know what? Nobody cared. Nobody cared. It was so frustrating. It was like, oh, A-Rod and J-Lo broke up that day. So forget the missile outside yeah. of the commercial flight from American Airlines. We'll just sweep that under the rug. But if we're reporting that on our show, there's more than 11 near misses, I am certain. Yeah. And do you do we really think that if there had been a collision that he would have told us? And by the way, this he did not say this is for eternity, right? Like since the formation of the Navy till present. He pretty much already said this is like the last three years, right. something along that effect, right? And just the Navy, and again, not the Air Force, not the not the Army, not the Marines. So not commercial airlines. Um, not not commercial flights. Very, very vague answer. Opens up a lot more questions. And per usual, so many questions. Yeah, how many how many commercial airlines have gone down that it's just been blamed on? pilot error or a flock of birds or yeah the canadian geese yeah what is it weather balloons yes yes people well, on the ground with laser pointers so <laughs> after the the near miss comment um somebody had asked are we trying to communicate with these objects are they communicating with us are we communicating with them like oh this is the United States Navy. You are in our airspace. We have authority to shoot at. Oh, it's just a kid's birthday balloon. Never mind. <laughs> or they're gone already. <laughs> Before we could hit the button. And uh, maybe we'll talk about those 11 near misses or any place where there's close proximity. Um, I assume, or tell me if I'm wrong, there's been no uh, attempt, there's no communications uh, or any kind of uh, communication signals that emanate from those objects uh, that we've detected, correct? That, that's correct. And have we attempted to communicate with those objects? Uh, no. <laughs> well, a thought never crossed my mind until now. <laughs> Interestingly, though, and we're going to we have a clip of this, but later they revealed that there are radio frequencies being emitted from some of the UAPs. I just like that they automatically just say that's not yeah. an attempted yeah. 
communication. Mm. Yeah. Although they said that was one thing it could mean. Yeah. Well, they certainly wanted to save a lot for their closed session, which was really frustrating for me, but I can't tell yeah. you how many times we heard. We'll discuss that in the closed session. Yeah, over and over. Last question. Have our encounters with UAPs altered the development of our either our offense or offensive or defensive capabilities or even our sensor capabilities? We'd take that for the closed session. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> great, good. That happened over and over. We can save that for closed session. Smitty, you know, you and I debated one night. Are these UAP, do they simply have stunning evasion ability or is there more do they have any offensive capabilities for example i don't know that's that's a good question but you know uh, the thing about it is is maybe their offensive uh, capabilities have been the cause of some of these plane crashes and we've never heard about it so you know it's it's possible uh, things have been shot down by accident many times Disinformation, Smitty. Uh, we have this is disinformation. <laughs> yeah, disinformation. <laughs> yeah. Be careful. They're listening. It, that was actually breaking news today. I don't know if y'all saw this or heard about this, but today, I'm pretty sure it was today, not yesterday, May 19th, the disinformation committee, the new Gosh. one proposed, <laughs> the Council of Truth, isn't that what they call it? The Council of Truth. Has already been disbanded. Oh. Terrible idea. The Council of Truth. That's yes. The Grand Council of Truth has been disbanded. This was the most disturbing part of the whole con congressional hearing to me. This part. My, my question is, when um, there are unsubstantiated claims or manufactured claims of UAPs or kind of false information that's put out there, uh, what are the consequences for people that are involved with that or groups that are involved with that? So one of the concerns that we have is that uh, there are a lot of uh, individuals and groups that are, are putting information out there that, uh, that could be considered to be somewhat self-serving. Uh, we're trying to do <laughs> not, what's, in not the, us. what's in the best interest of, one, the Department of Defense, and then, two, what's in the best interest of the public to ensure that we can put factual-based information back into the mainstream and back into the bloodstream of the reporting. Uh... I thought that was a really disturbing question. And Smitty, he gone. <laughs> we already said We said disinformation one too he many He said time. one, he spouted disinformation one time there, and boom, he's out of here. Oh. They know. Yeah. I like that the lawmaker is like, how can we make this illegal for people to speak about UFOs and UAPs? <laughs> I know, seriously disturbing, right? Like, I feel like every time I talk to Dane on the phone, I need to get some sort of, like, what's those things where they couldn't trace your calls, you know, or they can't bug you? I mean, I need to, like, unscrew the end cap off my phone, you know, off my corded phone <laughs> and take the thing out. It's Yeah, we've had some issues. And as soon as... uh some type of paranormal vocabulary comes up the call drops oh yep hmm. and this what he this con congressman was not finished on the disinformation with his disinformation justice 
So just taking that a step further, so th th that misinformation, false narratives, manufactured, so what are the consequences? Are there legal consequences? I love the reply are there examples here. that you can give us where people have been held accountable by this misinformation or disinformation? I, I can't give you, you know, any examples where somebody's been legally held liable for putting something out there. But Well, I uh, guess what's the deterrent from people engaging in this activity? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't have that answer. I, that's something that, uh, you know, welcome the dialogue with, with Congress to talk about that with the members who, uh, you know, help legislate those laws to say. Engaging in what activity? Engaging in their constitutionally protected right to free speech? Is that the activity <laughs> we're talking about? Hosting podcasts about potential UAPs. Here comes the hammer. Yeah. Off the air. <laughs> yeah, just a little anticlimactic. Like, just give us a little something to chew on. Questions are good. Just give 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 us something instead of just this eternal dance. Yeah, they're giving us something. Fear, fear for asking anymore. Oh, I know. I mean, how dare he say that? You know what? This is our business. This is the Pentagon's business, and we don't want people talking about it. Yeah. Crazy. Maybe that's why the UAP are emitting radio yeah, so waves so that they can it. get the truth to <laughs> us. Talk some more. <laughs> Circumnavigate the Pentagon. Uh, and, and the significance of uh, measuring that radio frequency energy is what? That uh, we suspect that this was a, some form of aircraft in which there were radio transmissions. Uh, the biggest thing uh, that you're looking for there is any indication of uh, of an effort to jam uh, whatever sensors that we may have. I thought at. that was interesting. Mm -hmm. But I would also add to that that um, radio frequency, as you know, Congressman, is used to control uh, various platforms, too. So the fact of uh, emanations coming off of any platform, whether... So I thought that was interesting. Deputy Director Bray says, okay, radio frequencies, they're used to jam our instruments and then you know Moultrie chimes right in and and let's not forget that radio frequencies can come in to control you know or they can go out mm -hmm. it totally reminds me though of your hairdresser's story about her brother oh yes when he was on some sort of ship out at sea and mentioned that some type of UAPs surrounded their ship and knocked out all of their technology Yes, yeah, so Dane, if you might have missed that, and for anybody yeah. that missed that, we, we actually had breaking news on our show one night. This was the night before the pipeline was mysteriously taken offline. Oh, that's right. By the way, yes, by the way, I dare say, if you truly believe that pipeline was taken offline by Russian hackers in their mom's basement, teenage Russian hackers, you, you need to... Uh, research your own disinformation but we had a lady lady at the hair place i go to yeah i gotta go to a hair place and her brother works in the navy right and he relayed these stories to her over the phone he was nervous to relay these stories she was visibly nervous to relay it to us to me and she said it's his job he works in electronics it's his job to get their, their systems back online because every time they get blitzed by these UAPs, they knock all their systems offline and they're terrified that they're being hacked or worse, you know, 
and he's got to get them back online. And CJ, you may remember he even broke something that had never been in the news that they had had fatalities right. as a result of their UAP encounters. That's right. I forgot about that. And then Mr. J relayed his own story about his technology getting knocked out by a UAP. This, by the way, was our number one listen to podcast. If you haven't heard it yet, you should go back and check it out. Yes, it was. <laughs> it must have been somebody listening through radio waves over and over and Soon over again. to be again. defeated by this one. <laughs> That's a lot of technology. It definitely sounds like military technology as opposed to alien technology. I mean, they could be experimenting with us, but, you know, knocking power out, knocking out nuclear facilities, reactors, that's definitely human government, military objectives. Yeah. Well, and that's what we were talking say. about on that particular episode was that the largest threat to, to us right now is some sort of cyber terrorism knocking out our power, knocking out our control of what we have. And then the next day that pipeline went down. Right. Well, I'll go back to the mysterious cabin, CJ, and the information that get, keeps getting shuffled from one place to another. So in the book, Day After Roswell, and, and this goes to Dane's point about military technology. When you read this book, you begin to question what actually is military technology. And you start to read between the lines like you kind of have to when these Pentagon officials are speaking. So in Day After Roswell, he talks about alien technology that we recovered at Roswell. He says that these extraterrestrials that were in the craft, piloting it may not be the right word, but they were in the craft, that at least one of them had on a helmet of some sort, and the Army officer that first put it on was taken aback because he all of a sudden could clearly see all the things around him in the dark. The point was, 1947, when the Roswell incident happened, guess what? There was no such thing as night vision. Oh, interesting. And that the Army basically adapted this alien technology eventually into night vision goggles. They started spreading these things out, you know, between the branches and between very trusted civilian scientists in the know. And so it got to the point, though, to where, okay, what actually is real military technology and what was just harvested or adapted from the Roswell crash? Uh, we don't. You know, it may be impossible to tell at this point. Back to the cabin, you may have to go an infinite number of cabins in your search to actually find the truth. Yeah. Well, Bob Lazar would have you believe that we're developing our technology from UFO technology as well. Did I say his name right? I think yes. I did. Yeah. Again, it all meshes there, right? Like it, it just totally meshes together and makes sense. Yes. It was interesting when Bob Lazar was speaking you know, his comparison to the supposed UFO that he was researching was if you were to take a nuclear reactor, put it in a time machine back to like the 1500s and have the local handyman take a look at it and, you know, diagnose it and inspect it, research it. 
And uh, so it sounded like we were hundreds of years behind on discovering anything with this, with the, with the UFO they had there. Oh yeah. Bob, Bob Lazar said he was afraid uh, of examining the UFOs and so I had to laugh. We had somebody comment. And then day after Roswell, the Army personnel involved in the Roswell crash, they were afraid of this technology too. And Bob Lazar actually used this example that if we somehow sent a nuclear bomb back in time to the caveman, right, they could bang on it and beat on it and stuff, but they'd never figure out how it worked, but they would probably all kill themselves. Well, that's true. And yeah. didn't Bob Lazar say that his coworker did die? I believe he did. You know what? I think Bob Lazar said that the person he replaced. Oh, maybe that's what it was. An untimely yeah. demise. That's right. Or we're just spreading <laughs> like more. Going into that situation. Longtime listener Mark Martin <laughs> said, "I'm trying to get back on. It's not my internet, though. It's not his internet." <laughs> That's not the reason all our screens started dragging when he got on. Not because of the internet. It's it's because of something unknown. Unexplained. Totally unexplained. We tried to warn him about his spreading of disinformation. (laughs) So speaking of gathering more information, one question that was asked a couple times, I think by the same guy, was, are you looking into any reports that are non-military? Which would seem important to me, but... This kind of reminded me of a scene from Planet of the Apes. Our our military, but are there any non-military report coming forward of similar events, or is it all coming from military? Uh, The UAP Task Force has a very good working relationship uh, with the FAA. Uh, They have very good working relationship with other parts uh, of the U.S. government so that we can ingest reports uh, from... um, uh, Do we have any reports non-military? Yes. Thank you. He didn't want to hear any more of it. That's like me Stop talking to Stop rambling about the FAA. Yeah. <laughs> get to the answer. Land- yeah. Do we have any non-military reports? <laughs> yes, we do. Sorry. I misunderstood. I thought you wanted to know this more. I thought you wanted to know the story. Uh, yeah, we've got some non-military reports. You know, just where y'all been? We got some non-military reports, all right. <laughs> I like that they have a good working relationship with those people. Like, what does that mean exactly? Like, we tell each other jokes every once in a while and go on the way. Like, what, is the, what does that mean? Just civilian jargon. It doesn't mean anything. Smitty's spreading <laughs> yeah. more disinformation. He says the Committee for Truth should have never let Yoko Ono own it, and they would still be together. So I think the same guy <laughs> wanted to know a little bit more of a forceful on? thing, you know. I think it's Yoko. So you want to know, I mean, just straight up, I think, did we shoot at him, right, CJ? Oh, I don't remember this. Let's see. Um, and I, I assume we've never discharged any armaments against a UAP, correct? That's correct. Raise your hand if you believe that. No hands were raised. <laughs> no. I feel like this is kind of like, you should cue the song from Beauty and the Beast, Till as old as time. <laughs> Shooting missiles at UFOs. We know we have. I mean, I don't care how well-trained your pilots are. Deep down inside, they are still a little boy that wants to shoot at things. They just are. Like, if you're flying in my airspace and you haven't been cleared, I'm going to shoot at you. I'm going to do it. 
Absolutely. Take a shot. <laughs> yes. It'll be painless. But you know what Director Bryce said, Deputy Director, by the way, again, I still can't help but laugh at how the Deputy Director is the one, not, not the Director. But anyway, he said, do you remember? He said, our pilots train like they fight. Right. Oh, but we never saw it one To, really. to no. take out the enemy. <laughs> Well, maybe he's saying we don't we don't shoot I mean, when we're fighting we don't shoot I don't I don't know yeah I don't believe it I'm not sure how we train like we fight but we've never we've never shot at unknown to me this doesn't make any sense I wish Mr J was here we in our airspace yeah we've <laughs> had unknown craft in our airspace defying the laws of physics we by the way we don't communicate with them. We haven't tried to, and we haven't shot at them. I feel like, you know, is this too much Top Gun? But in my mind, should we not be, one, attempting communication, and then two, possibly saying, all right, you're going to be shot down if you don't leave the airspace or communicate? That's what I was saying earlier. But then, you know, they realize that, again, just another weather balloon, so <laughs> no, no need to shoot. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you gotta shoot a weather. If I was out at sea and there was a swarm of drones around my military craft, I'd shoot them down. If I didn't know whose technology they were, I don't care if I thought that they were another branch of the U.S. military. They're they're done. That you can't. That can't be happening. I'm gonna shoot it down, and then I'm gonna send my best guys out there to go and recover it, so we can figure out what it is. Yeah, Dane said they probably tried, but did they try? I mean, uh, Deputy Director Bray says no. They, they scouts honor. Haven't shot, or is they that probably showed us up? Is that is that uh, Spock's honor? <laughs> Spock's honor. They haven't shot. That's right. They, they um they didn't hit it, so they won't admit it that they shot at it. <laughs> well, I think the next question was logical too, CJ. They did bring up Roswell after all. About wreckage, yes. Do we have any wreckage? Yes. Um, how about wreckage? Uh, have we come across any wreckage of any kind of um, object that has now been examined by you? The UAP task force doesn't have any wreckage that isn't uh, explainable, that, that isn't consistent with being of terrestrial origin. I feel like the language there is so open to interpretation. Yeah. Like, for example, examined by you. The UAP task force doesn't have any wreckage. What does that mean? The Army doesn't have a Roswell alien spacecraft? Doesn't mean that. I mean, maybe their job is just not to have wreckage. <laughs> I thought it was a good question, but just asked wrong. You know, like he even specifically asked, do you, the UAP task force, have any wreckage? Right. Hmm. Why not just go ahead and lay it out there? Was, were there UFOs recovered at Roswell? For example, Dane, he gone. Mm. Top two internet Uh-oh. signals remain. But Dane mm. was spreading a little bit of disinformation, <laughs> too. Military <laughs> took him out. It took him out. <laughs> Correct. I repeat, he was talking about USOs and skipjack tuna fish. <laughs> Take him out. Take him out. Stream force. Uh. Signal gone. He gone. Smitty is still here, hanging around on his DSL. <laughs> He's heard of fiber. Da-ding, One da-ding, person. Da-ding. 
Google Fiverr, what's that all about? One person per year dies from hot air ballooning, so launch the missiles. They may have a valid point. <laughs> oh, my. Speaking of Dane and his water UFO <laughs> encounters. Water sensors. They need some more water sensors. You read my mind. Oh, that's what I'm hearing. But it for. wasn't telepathic. That would be disinformation. <laughs> Do we have any sensors underwater uh, to... Um, I think this is close. Detect on submerged UAPs, uh, anything that is in the ocean or in the seas. So I think uh, that would be more appropriately addressed in closed session, sir. Okay. 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 Well, what am I supposed to say to that? Okay. Sure. Yeah, that's so little giveaway, though, that they do think that there is something worth looking for underwater. Yes. Well, otherwise, you you just would have said no, right? No, we don't. I actually think this congressman may have given away more than he was supposed to when because let, let me let's hear it one more time if you're okay with that. Yeah. Do we have any sensors underwater to detect on submerged UAPs? Submerged UAPs. This is the first time and only time in this hearing that this notion of underwater UAPs was mentioned. You know, I feel like maybe he wasn't supposed to ask this question. Kind of got chastised a little bit for it, too. Uh, anything that is in the ocean or in the seas. So I think uh, that would be more appropriately addressed in closed session, sir. Okay. Listen to the way he answered that. He actually said, mm-hmm. I thought it was a little bit of a chastising. That would be more, pro- that was the first time they didn't say, we'll talk about that in closed session. He said that that would be more appropriate in closed session. Yeah. Well, it really all together just circled back to essentially what we've been saying this entire time. The government wants us to believe this could be our technology. This could be our adversary's technology. This could be extraterrestrial technology. We're going to let you think whatever is most convenient for us in the moment, because we don't want our adversaries to know the things that we have. We don't want our adversaries to know that we know the things that they have. And we don't want you to ask any more questions about the technology we have. So we'll tell you, it's extraterrestrial. <laughs> like it all just, whatever's convenient to them, they're going to use in the moment. By the way, there is no known technology that could be put into the category of underwater UAP. I mean, sure, there are, there are you know, small manned submarine-type vehicles, unmanned submarine-type vehicles. But there is nothing underwater, civilian, or that we know a military that has, aside from maybe our nuclear submarines, that have advanced, you know, what we would think of as UAP technology. And Smitty's back, by the way. I think he's muted, but he's back. So I just quickly typed in, Technology that can fly and go underwater. And there are some things. Apparently, there's something called the Naviator, which is a drone that can fly (laughs) just as easily as it can swim. A quadcopter that works in the air and underwater. So there do seem to be some drones that can do both. But can the Naviator go from flying directly into the water? Okay, let's see. And below. 
can it emerge from the water and go directly into flying? I don't know. I have so much reading to do in such a short period of time. I don't, know. I don't, know. I don't think so. Am I so. muted? No, you're... We, we hear you, Smitty. Yep, it can go from flying to underwater. I'm watching a YouTube video on it right now. The Naviator? But it's, it's, it's called... It's, yeah. But it's not big at all. Hmm. So who makes the Naviator? I guess the Navy? It said Rutgers University. Rutgers? I'm looking at one... I'm looking at a different one, not called the Naviator. It's called, it's, I'm not actually sure what this one is called, but it says it was partly funded by the Office of Naval Research. The military yeah. applications seem readily apparent. An aerial and aquatic drone could quickly assess threats in the water or on enemy terrain and evade detection. It's pretty neat. But whether, I, I'm not, I cannot answer your question if it can do it seamlessly. Right. Either way, it seems an incredibly novel thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like Dave after Roswell said, you know, it said we continue to this day to fuel our own innovations with the alien technology. Right. And that when you read these reports, okay, we're submitting for this much funding uh, to research foreign technology. Looks, looks mundane. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> thinks anything about it. Okay, give them $500 million, whatever. Office of Foreign Technology, you know, developing new uh, weapons applications for the military, fine. But only when you start opening the doors, you know, in the folders and digging, 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 and you're like, oh, wait, snap. They're actually trying to, you know, create new technology based on alien recoveries. Yeah. Potentially, of course. Potentially. There's some crazy stuff out there. Uh, Bubba Watson has a jet pack golf cart now. <laughs> well, this, this was back in 2016. Wow. I have seen a lot it of also has remote a, control golf carts, not carts, but um, bags on the course. Really? Well, this dude yeah. is flying. Like he's flying up in a little helicopter-like thing. It's crazy. Yep. Well, you know... Despite what we might think about this congressional hearing, it was quite the historic event. First one, like you said, yeah. CJ, in over 50 years that Congress asked questions about UFOs from Pentagon officials. And so we do have to give it that, no matter what we think about it. But I'm curious, CJ, what, what was your overall takeaway of this hearing? I did feel a little bit like they were still just trying to pacify us. They didn't give us any new information. They weren't going to share any of the important information. They were just coming on camera to say, "Listen, we're trying to we're trying to get you all to stop asking questions and just trust us and let us do our job." You know, here's just a little bit of information for you, but they didn't I didn't walk away after 90 minutes feeling like I knew any more than I did before. Yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty bland. It was like they they wanted to try to say a lot, but like I said earlier, they were basically saying a whole lot of nothing. the The information they released was already literally stuff we knew, for the most part. I think you're right. I think if it was a movie, I would have given it two out of five stars. 
<laughs> Not very original. Same old plot. Nothing new. Same old actors. By the way, speaking of actors, whatever this committee, congressional committee was, doing the interviewing, do women just not want to be on there or what? I can, know. You know no. Can women not keep secrets? Is that what it is, CJ? Is <laughs> there some know. sort of uh, gender bias here? No women, though. Not a one. Well, I kind of disagree with you about the same old actors. They actually had the understudies answering <laughs> the question. Yeah. It was the assistant director instead of like the director. So the understudy was the one that was in charge of this. They definitely didn't have the official officials there. That's for sure. No, it's like getting the peewee uh, referees to to ref a SEC game. (laughs) CJ, you got anything else for us tonight? I don't. It was fun to listen and break all of that down. It was. I wish we could break down the closed session, but maybe one day. (sighs) goals maybe next time until then i guess it's as it should be it remains unexplained (laughs) (laughs) how fitting (laughs) all right smitty Smitty. you want to take us out be happy be strange and listen to all things unexplained that's right we're out good night john boy from the galactic federation Peace. Good night, Zulu. Be careful what you say there, listening, Smitty. You've been listening to All Things Unexplained. If you liked this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you would like to hear more All Things Unexplained, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our show depends on the support of listeners like you. To help keep us going, please be sure to visit patreon.com backslash all things unexplained. Our Patreon patrons get early access to podcasts as well as exclusive audio and video clips. Or you can find us on Venmo under the business accounts. Just look for at Bigfoot UFO. Additionally, you can support us at buymeacoffee.com backslash unexplained. If you can't get enough of us, go ahead and check us out at allthings-unexplained.com. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man who wears far too many hats. No, seriously, he wears a lot of hats. Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained.